broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. Well, 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 well. Here we are, Raider Nation. We made it. Not quite made it. It's still kind of Christmas Eve right now. But we are, what, T minus 25 hours away from the beginning of the NFL draft. It is here in Las Vegas. And I have a feeling it's going to be back here in Las Vegas over the years. Because uh, just even driving here to work today and seeing um, what it looks like, what the, what the strip looks like, people coming into town. I know I got family members coming into town, friends coming into town. Colleagues from all across the league are coming into town, whether they're reporters, um, you know, all the TV crews uh, are, are, are out here. Um, you've got uh, fans from every team. You know, you have a lot of fans here in Las Vegas that are from uh, every team, obviously. Um, that's how people grew up out here. So it's just going to be such a spectacle and such a sight here in Las Vegas these next three days as the entire NFL fandom basically descends upon Las Vegas. You are in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday, the eve before the NFL draft. Uh, Can't wait to get started. We're going to unveil our last and final, I promise, that we can't do any more mock drafts, but we have... Uh, the the full Raiders mock draft that we're that we're gonna uh, roll out today, starting with pick number eighty six. I do think I have a feeling that the Raiders might not stay at eighty six. That doesn't mean that I think that they're going to trade up. I have a feeling uh, there's more uh, of a likelihood that they're going to trade down. Uh, they have five picks overall as we speak, uh, starting with pick number eighty six, a pick in the fourth round, two picks in the fifth round, and then a pick in the seventh round. And that's not a lot of draft capital. Uh, obviously, they did what they did to go get Devontae Adams. I think all Raider fans should be excited uh, about that because, you know, he is worth what they gave up for. And that's a good thing. So um, that's where they are at number 86. Those five picks, just for a little bit of a history lesson, there's magic that can be made in drafts. You can turn five picks, and I'm going to give you an example, in 2019 of the Seattle Seahawks, who I believe started the draft with four picks in 2019. They turned that into 11 picks with an ability and a motivation to be able to trade down, trade up, trade down. You know, they, they did every combination that you could possibly think of and slowly but surely kept accumulating picks, accumulating picks, and where they started with the fewest picks, four overall, they ended up with 11. That is ambitious to think about, and I'm not saying that the Raiders are going to come away with, you know, uh, six extra picks. However, turning four picks into 11 picks shows you what, you can do if you're of that mindset, if you're motivated uh, to do that. And and here's the thing. One of the keys, and I know Dave Ziegler talked about this um, in our press conference last week, you have to know the teams that are willing to make deals. And history is history. All the data about that is readily available. There's teams that don't typically make trade deals. So why waste your time calling those teams when history has shown 
they're not really receptive to doing that one way or another. They're going to play it safe. They're going to stand pat. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but they're not typically going to be open or receptive to calls coming in saying, hey, would you like to move up? Would you like to move up, down, whatever the case might be? So just stay away from those times. Time is of the essence in these situations. Go where the history shows the teams that are willing to be mobile, are willing to listen to trade offers, and have shown a um, you know a habit uh, of making trades. That's where you go to if you want to make trades. Now, the other part of it, uh, and Devon, I want to get your thoughts on this because it's 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 you can't say okay, we're at number eighty six, and there's five players that we feel really good about. Well, you can say this. Let's say they get to eighty six, and there's five players that you feel pretty good about at eighty six, and it, you, and if you're willing to trade down maybe four spots because you feel good that you're going to that of those five players at least one is going to still be there if by whatever chance if you if you fall back four spots and four of the players that of the five players that you like get taken you still have the opportunity to draft that one uh, so if you feel comfortable doing that where you you build these pods of players um, that you like at a certain part in the draft and then drop down but don't drop down so far that you're going to lose access to the players that you really like, um, then that's how you do that. You can't get into a situation where there's three players you like, you drop down five picks, and then the three players you liked got drafted. You know, not, not to say that it's likely that that's going to happen, but the opportunity, but the chance of that happening is there. So you have to play it safe. If you're a general manager, especially where the Raiders are right now, Damon, what direction would you take this? Would you rather get more picks to try to beef up and accumulate more, or would you rather try to trade up for that one player that you might want? I'm staying put. Okay. If I'm a general manager, I'm staying put because, like you said, five picks, that's enough. You think Okay. Five picks, that's enough because also we always hear that this is a double draft. There are about a 1,000 players that are eligible to be drafted in this draft class. So there's guys that are going to be undrafted free agents. Exactly. There are going to be some Good guys point. that are undrafted free agents that are still maybe in the year, the prior year draft or maybe next year's draft could have been players that would get drafted. So those players are going to be available. And part of that is because of COVID. Yeah. Guys stayed extra time. That's why they call it a double year because of so many Ex- guys that are super seniors. Exactly. So it's it be, and, and Devon makes a great point. Uh, there's a math factor here. So there are more players, and this is a good year for the Raiders to have it be, like you said, a double draft. Why? Uh, because there's a lot of roster spots open right now uh, on the Raiders. Just the way things worked out and how many players they had signed last year to one-year contracts, um, it, it, it works out so that they have some uh, open roster spots that are not going to be filled simply by the norm, the five picks that they have, and the normal practice squads that that you typically sign. So they're going to be able to, or not to, uh, practice squads, but undrafted free agent classes that you, that you typically sign. There's going to be an opportunity to do even more in undrafted free agency. And history has shown that there is definitely players to be had there. The Raiders are a great example. Um, you know, they they they, they Alec Ingold, who's now with the Miami Dolphins, but you can't argue uh, the significance that he had on this team. A.J. Cole, uh, one of the best punters in the NFL, was a guy that they picked up in undrafted free agency. So uh, history has definitely shown you can fill holes and fill spots and get quality players 
in that phase. And I know just hearing Dave Ziegler talk about this last week, they're eager to get to that point too. Uh, they know that this is the, 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 the work is way past whatever the last pick is um, uh, on Saturday. A lot of work starts right after that. Um, so we're going to get into our uh, mock draft. Uh, looking forward to that really quick. I just want to remind everybody this this uh, uh, half of the huddle is sponsored of in the huddle is sponsored by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. There's nothing worse than living in chronic pain um, uh, and with little hope. Neuropathy, Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Please call them at 725-373-9879. Uh, we all deserve to live life pain-free. Uh, uh, so it's here, Damon. Uh, you know, all this time talking about it, thinking about it. The draft should have been here in 2020. We all know what happened, but it's here now. How fired up are you about um, what these next three days and beyond are going to hold uh, for the NFL and also for the Raiders and Las Vegas? Well, the Las Vegas standpoint, uh, earlier today when I went down, not downtown, ooh, I almost said it myself, I almost got caught up. When I went down to the Strip yeah. to pick up my uh, credential, it was one of those, it's a little hectic, coming down Flamingo, because, yep. you know, just right down, that's all we got to do is take a straight shot here leaving the station, but you see the road closure starting to happen. Right. Get a little anxious. Yeah. Traffic's getting a little bad. Uh-oh. So from that standpoint, I am excited that the draft is here. I went and I picked up my credential. I didn't even have fun. Like, I didn't go to the fan experience. I didn't even look at anything because I was just a quick in and out. But I'm so excited to maybe do some things. Tomorrow, the Raiders have the draft party at Dre's. Uh-huh. Going to be attending that. Right. Uh, Friday, Saturday, going to actually be down at the draft. Nice. So, for myself personally and the city of Las Vegas, I'm excited. You know, I've got friends that, you know, that work around town. They're like, hey, am I going to see you at the draft? Probably not. Probably but not. But it's good that you're going to be there. That's yes, fun that you're going to be there. And for the Raiders... I, I think that this draft, it's not as going to be as important. The hits, if they are hits, that's going to be the icing on the cake. Because I do think that this team is already built. And then there, we always talk about it like it's fantasy money. But that post-June 1st cut date, I think that that money is going to be more impactful than what than what the Raiders could get in this draft with those five picks. I'm not saying that, hey, if every pick's a dud, that this that this organization that this um new regime won't have something to answer for because you want those players to be impact players at every pick. Right. But all I'm saying is if they're not, if they're just, hey, uh, some nice role pieces, but never gonna turn out to be full time starters or stars, I think that this team will be able to bounce back from that. I I, I think they'd be able to bounce back uh, from that too, but obviously that's not the plan. Um and uh you know, in our mock draft, I think that uh, kind of to the point uh, uh, that that Demond was talking. Look, you, you, it's 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 always this is why the draft is uh, so fitting for Las Vegas. Let's face it, it's a gamble. The entire draft, whether you're talking about pick number one uh, or the final pick in the seventh round, it's a crapshoot. It is a gamble. So great setting here in Las Vegas, the epicenter of fun and epicenter of gambling. That the NFL draft is here because that's what everybody is about ready to do. They're gambling on their insight. They're gambling on their intel, they're gambling on their instincts and their scouting and everything that goes into 
putting a draft board together and then pulling the trigger on draft night at whatever pick comes around your way. It's a gamble. Having said that, you know, as I was putting together the mock draft that you can you can actually check it out over at the Review Journal uh, Vegas Nation um, on the app or go to VegasNation.com. But we're going to be talking about it here uh, today as I was putting together the draft and doing a little bit of history work. There's so many great players that have been drafted 86 beyond that. You'd almost be shocked if, especially this decision-making group with the Raiders now, Dave Ziegler, uh, Champ Kelly, Josh McDaniels, all the scouts, uh, everyone that was still in place from the previous regime and the previous regime, while there were some misses, big-time misses, no question about it, there were also some hits. Ironically enough, most of those hits were later on in the draft, and that's where the Raiders' starting point is this year is later on at pick number 86. But even from pick 86 on, just look at Nate Hobbs last year, a fifth-round pick. Look at Hunter Renfro in 2019, a fifth-round pick. Uh, so there's value even outside of the third round where they're picking right now. And the Raiders are um, have, have uh, you know are, are the epitome of that. They've hit some major home runs later on in the draft. Max Crosby was a fourth-round pick. So if you do your work, and as you said, uh, Demond, you know when this is. This being a double draft because the numbers uh, reflected of, of you know, the pandemic that we went through and kind of how it log jammed some things and players stayed extra time because they missed a whole season. Some guys missed a whole season uh, in 2020. Uh, because of that, you know, there's more um, likelihood that, that that there's better depth in this draft because it's just a sheer math issue right now. There's so many more players that you figure – you figure, it's not guaranteed, but you figure you're going to be able to find value a little bit further on in the draft. So while I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders stayed at number 86, I also wouldn't be surprised if they traded down to pick up an extra fourth, to pick up an extra fifth perhaps, um, because you're, you're basically doubling down at that point, trying to get as many of the top 200 or so players out of the 1,000 or so that are even available – um, that, that you're increasing your chances of hitting some, you know, uh, some home runs. And look, you don't always have to hit home runs in the draft. There's a lot to be said about a hard double off the uh, off the wall. There's a lot to be said about triples and you know a a liner down the right field line. There's a lot to be said about bringing in just quality guys that you can count on for the next four or five years, even if that's the case, um, because. You know, you know that's what you're that's what you're you're hoping for. You're just trying to build as quality a roster as possible. We're gonna go out to the. I'm sorry. What's what do we got going? We got Robert in Portland on the line. Oh, okay, great. Uh, we're gonna go out to the Realty One Group caller line because Robert, as Demond just said, from Portland is on the line. How you doing, Robert? Not bad, Vinny. Hey, your contacts in L.A. Just how good is uh, Tito Obaganio? Uh, UCLA. He's supposed to go third or fourth round, but you know he's big, and he really disrupted. Uh, I watched, you know, being a Duck fan, I watched him just play out of his mind. Nobody could handle him. What is he? Is he? What's his downside? Why isn't he talked about very much? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know exactly what the downside is. Uh, there's a lot of good players in this draft. Um, you know, I think with I think with him, and I'm, I'm with you, the UCLA defensive tackle is somebody that kind of slots right there between that third and fourth round. Um, you know, uh, there's there's some development 
uh, aspects to his game that still need to be ironed out. But, um, you know, because my starting point doing the draft was starting basically in the in the, in that third round. It was really interesting. It's the first time really that I've that I've done a mock draft for a team that started that late in the draft and it forces you to really start looking at what the priorities are, what you're looking for, um, what your goals are and uh, and objectives and at that point in the draft everybody's going to have a quote unquote flaw. Now everybody has a flaw whether you're a first pick round pick, the first pick overall uh, or the last pick overall, but the, the flaws become a little bit more amplified at that stage in the draft. So there's a reason why a lot of these guys are here rather than way up there. And you just have to be okay. And, and as we as we go through, through my mock draft, there's going to be guys, even with that third pick, uh, number 86 overall, there's going to be guys that if you read the scouting report, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, you know, because you're going to hear about some flaws. You're going to hear about some weaknesses. But in each, at least with my uh, mock draft, uh, the flaws were coachable. And not to say that it's going to work. That's the crapshoot nature of the draft to begin with. But the flaws of the players that that you know uh, that I have going to the Raiders are the type of flaws where, A, better coaching, more experience can iron them out. But there's also upside, too. And that's another thing that you're going to get in the third and fourth round are guys that may not be finished products right now, but their ceilings are there. There are there are absolute ceilings uh, as well. And and it's going to come down to the player. It's going to come down to the coaching. It's going to come down to the development process. You know, I've got just, you know, uh, a spoiler alert. I've got the Raiders picking a cornerback in the fourth round. And here's the thing. You you look at the player. You look at the upside. You look at the level of play that he played at, which wasn't the highest. But you look at the physical traits and you look at a guy that, hey, he might not be ready right now, but guess what? It doesn't matter if, if a Raider, young Raider cornerback in the fourth round comes on board and isn't ready right now. They've got basically their starters in place right now and really their backups. Now, they could go out and trade for James Bradbury, as we talked about uh, yesterday, and, and I, I would be fine with that. Uh, but there's a good chance that they don't. And if they roll with what they have right now, you've got a bunch of young cornerbacks uh, three or three or four of them who are playing on basically one-year deals that could be free agents next year. So you're looking at having to replace some guys. So you have enough in place right now, but you might not have enough in place for 2022 or 2023. So it, it is incumbent to draft some development players. And so when you look, when we get into it, uh, my mock draft, that fourth-round cornerback that I have him taken, he's a guy that may not be right right now or ready right now, but with the right development could be a guy that you can count on to be a starter in the very near future. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. On a Wednesday when we get back, we're going to get into pick number 86 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, well, I wouldn't necessarily say best athlete available, but I would say the the best player available. And again, that best player available, um, going back to the traits that I talked about, it's going to start there. Uh, but to answer your question, we want the best available players, you know, regardless of position. Um, that's how we want to continue to build the team. I think if you're drafting good football players, you're making good choices. Uh, and, and so I think, you know, 
there's a lot of, you know, uh, I know a lot of people have talked about it. When you kind of overextend just to draft a need, um, you can often pass over good football players that can help your team. And I think that can be, uh, you know, a, a slippery slope if, you, if that's kind of the way you approach it. That's Raiders general manager Dave Ziegler uh, talking about the mindset, the philosophy, the approach throughout the draft, not just at number 86, which is exactly where the Raiders uh, first select in the third round. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday, the eve before the NFL draft. The eve before Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Champ Kelly and all the new leaders uh, over at Raiders uh, headquarters in Henderson oversee their first draft. And uh, he makes a lot of good points as far as don't be so infatuated or focused on need that you overlook a better player at a different position because you're trying to force feed at a need. Uh, that's the worst thing that you can do. It happens. I mean, I, we're, everybody's human beings and, you know, you, you get, you get focused on, gosh, we need that tackle or we need to do this at this particular position uh, that you rush into that and then kind of lose out on somebody that's just a better football player and that over the years is going to provide more value and more impact uh, to the team that they go to. And that's when you kind of look back a little bit of regret like that. We had a chance to get that guy and we didn't to try to fill a need over at guard. And guess what? The guard didn't work out. And that guy that we knew was better has gone on to play in like five Pro Bowls. <laughs> you don't want to be in that position. Okay, so, uh, Damon Cotton, uh, as we get to pick number 86 in our mock draft, um, you know, again, the Raiders are adamant. They'll adhere to the best player available mentality. Uh, but in this case, in this case, where they are at number 86, and this is sometimes the ideal situation, the depth of this draft could create a marriage between BPA, best player available, and need. And when I look at the Raiders' needs right now, the ones that jump out at me are offensive line. We've talked about that quite a bit. And a sneaky need at cornerback because of the way uh, this team is contractually set up at that position. So I'm keeping an eye on cornerback and offensive line, and the good news is there's depth at that position at both of those positions uh, at, at this point in the draft. And some names to keep an eye on that I would not be shocked if they fell uh, in the direction of the Raiders uh, that they would pick. Uh, Central Michigan tackle Luke uh, uh, Gadeke, Memphis guard Dylan Parham, um, University of Texas San Antonio cornerback Tariq Woolen, who I know uh, Q is infatuated for all the right reasons. Uh, if any of those guys are available when the Raiders' turn comes around, I wouldn't be sh- shocked if they took any of them. I also wouldn't be shocked if they traded down maybe five or six spots, picked up, and DeMond's going to get into a uh, uh, draft simulator that he did that he did exactly that and picked up two two uh, draft picks for his trouble. So we're going to find out where DeMond goes uh, at this pick. But for me, for me, I'm going to assume that the players that I just mentioned are no longer on the board. Um, and so uh, I'm going to stick with offensive line, and I think there's an offensive lineman from Washington State 
by the name of Abraham Lucas. He's a right tackle. He's a four-year starter at right tackle. Uh, he's played an inordinate amount of uh, pass protection snaps because that's what they do uh, up in up in uh, Washington State. They throw the ball a ton, and there's going to be a transition process and some refinement for him because of that. This is a guy who played 2,100, almost two or almost 2,200 pass pro snaps. That's a lot of pass pro snaps. So it stands to reason he's going to need some uh, help in the run game. Although he is pretty good in pass protection, uh, there's going to be some fundamentals and some technique work that needs to be done because of the scheme that they ran uh, with the Cougars. But he's got all the physical traits, Demon, at six foot six, three hundred fifteen pounds, uh, to eventually, maybe sooner rather than later, be able to man that right tackle position uh, for a good long time. So my pick at number eighty six is Abraham Lucas, the big right tackle from Washington State, Demon Cotton. All right, Vinny. Earlier in the segment one, we were talking about. I think that the team should just stay, just stay put. And ironically, yes. Demond. But now, if I've got the wheels, if Dave Ziegler we said, "Hey, Demond, we, we unlocked Demond." What would you do? You know, because this draft simulator PFF, great job because you can yes. have so much fun with it. I traded with the Tennessee Titans mm-hmm. that, that are picking at pick ninety. Fill me in. Yes, they have the they have number ninety in the draft. So the Raiders, Raiders eighty six give up eighty six, drop to number ninety. Yes, and in return, I get back. Pick 169 and 204. Okay, jot those down because your mock draft's going to... Yeah, gonna I, have... I've got some more picks. I've got it pulled up on the simulator here. Okay, and but with... wait till, wait for those 169. Yes, and one... I'm yeah, going to yeah. wait. Yes. I'm, no, I'm taking it pick by pick. We're doing yes. this in real time. Beautiful. So in the third round, I've still got pick number 90, and the guy would have picked at 86. Like you mentioned before, sometimes you can... I got two extra picks, right. and the guy that I wanted, he's still there, and that's going to be the offensive tackle out of Arizona State. Keelan Dyche. I like him. I like, and you know what I like about Keelan? He played for NFL coaches at Arizona State uh, these last few years. So that, to me, stands for something. Uh, guys that know what the NFL looks like, uh, how to prepare players to be in the NFL. So uh, I like that pick. Um, you know, and 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 we we would like to hear from you guys uh, as well because I know everybody in Raider Nation has thoughts on what a perfect draft for them looks like. So please give us a call at 702-365-9200. All right, so we've solved the offense. Well, I don't know if we solved the offensive line issue. Oh, but, no, but no, it's no. Interesting. You it's, can't just stop there. It's interesting. No, not at all. It's interesting that we're, we're, we're talking best player available, best player available. But I think we both were influenced – I should say, right, by by need, uh, in, in your case, was it need or was it best player available? It was also best player available. Okay. In PFF system, they have him ranked 77. All right, so good value. Yeah, 77 best player that they have ranked. Right. And I got him at pick 90, so I think that is good value. And um, so 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 there you have it. That's our our, our, our uh, where we will go in the third round, and I think it's uh, an, an interesting take that we both ended up with offensive linemen. And again, you know, ideally, and obviously, guys are going to talk about, and Dave Ziegler has talked about this um, pretty often. Best player available, best player available. You want to accumulate the as many good players as you possibly can. And why that is, even if you're drafting at a position of strength and making a strength even stronger, uh, as Josh McDaniels talked about uh, in Florida when we were talking to him at the at the uh, owners' meetings, look, you don't know what football is a volatile sport. You don't know what things are going to turn out being like. The Raiders thought that they were going to have Richie Incognito and Denzel Good as their two starting offensive guards last year. That 
in that vision got broken up by the first half of the first game of the season and in a way that cost them that that took away both of those players for the rest of the year so you don't know uh how things are going to turn out so uh making a strength stronger helps you a with depth because you don't know uh when the injury bug is going to hit but also if you get to the end of training camp and you do have a surplus of something and they're all good players guess what there's a market for that so if you end up with a bunch of good you know inside linebackers let's just say or or interior defensive linemen and there's another team that needs an interior defensive lineman and they also have a player that wow we really need that cornerback that you have Let's do a deal. So when you get to the end of training camp, but sometimes even into the season, you can dip into a strength to potentially uh, fix a weakness with qualified players and not just uh, gambles that you that you take in the draft. Let's go back out to the Realty One Group listener line because Dan from San Diego is online. How you doing, Dan? Hey, Vinny. It was nice to meet you Friday, man. Uh, thanks for taking the time to... To BS with me. I appreciate it. Likewise, and, and really quick little history lesson on Dan from San Diego. Um, Dan told me his story. First of all, uh, he listens to In the Huddle and he listens to Raider Nation Radio walking the beach every day, DeMond. <laughs> walking the beach in San Diego. I can't think of a better place or a better setting to have Raider Nation Radio tuned in than the beautiful beaches of San Diego. So we thank you, all of us here. Dan, thank you for that. But a little other history, another history lesson. Dan <laughs> was a lifelong Los An- or San Diego, sorry about that, San Diego Chargers fan. Obviously, living in San Diego, he was a Chargers fan. Well, he soured on the Chargers when they moved to Las, Ve- or to Los Angeles. And the Raiders, who moved to Las Vegas where Dan also has a home, splits time between Las Vegas and San Diego, he decided that he was going to become a Raiders fan. Now, i got to ask you, Dan, making that kind of a jump at your age, I'm not saying you're old or anything like that, but at your age, making that kind of a fandom jump, was it a difficult transition, or did you feel for the Raiders the way you felt for the Chargers? And did that come together pretty quickly? Well, you know, Vinny, uh, Lincoln Kennedy went to Morris High School, Eric Allen went to Point Loma, and Marcus Allen went to Lincoln. Yes. And I watched all three of them play in high school, That's of course, beautiful. in college, and then for the Raiders. So it was kind of an easy transaction. Excuse me about the language. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there was a few of us from San Diego that moved over to the Raiders. Yeah, I, I, uh, I kind of I, I've, I've talked to a lot of fans that, that made that jump. All right, so I, real quick for you, uh, uh, you might mentioned Marcus Allen over at Lincoln High School. Were you there for the long touchdown run uh, that, that uh, when he, he played quarterback, actually, uh, in high school? And he had a run, I want to say it was in a playoff game, maybe even the championship game. It, uh, it was in the... Yes, it was in the CIF championship uh, game. And you know what's funny about that? He ran one back as a cornerback for a touchdown, and he scored all the points because he was the quarterback for the Hornets, the Lincoln Hornets. Well, that touchdown run, if you and I'm sure you could Google it, just Google Marcus Allen's long touchdown run at Lincoln High School, was very reminiscent, as it turns out, a few years later, of the touchdown run that he had against uh, the Washington Football Club uh, in the yeah. Super Bowl. It was it was a lot like that. So uh, Marcus was doing it from way back when. All right, Dan, uh, do you have any thoughts on the draft? And uh, do you, I, you know what I did is, is yesterday I went and mapped out my route where I'm going to 
travel to get to my parking area and take the monorail and have access to uh, to all the sites tomorrow. All right. Well, good. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, this is definitely the place to be uh, here in Las Vegas. I know it's getting a little f- wind or a little uh, warm right now, uh, but I, as I told somebody, uh, some friends from over at uh, ESPN, look, in about a month, two months, we're going to be begging for 90-degree weather. Trust me. This is it, it, It's weird how it works because it starts getting hot like this, and you're like, wow, it's so hot. But then you realize in about a month and a half, I'll I die right now for a 90 degree day uh, rather than the 114s and the 112s that we're bound uh, to get. Dan, uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, you know, and uh, enjoy your 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 week here in Las Vegas, and definitely enjoy uh, the draft. And I gotta say, just watching it uh, on TV now for for me, I'm gonna be covering the draft from the Raiders' perspective, so I'm gonna be. A hold up in Henderson pretty much the entire uh, weekend. However, I will be over at the Treasure Island Hotel, the Golden Circle Sportsbook, on Friday from 4 to 6. So come by and say hello. Uh, we'll have some uh, some giveaways and things like that. And obviously talking about the draft that I'll be doing some, uh, some call-in uh, hits while I'm there. Uh, but otherwise, I'll be in Henderson, uh, which is about 12 miles away, I would say. About 12 miles, right, from from the, uh, from the from where the draft is actually going to be held. Miles don't matter. You're less than 20 minutes away. Exactly, uh, which I love living in Las Vegas to be able to say that because that was never the case in Los Angeles. However, that 20 minutes is a world away in a lot of ways because Henderson and the Strip are two different places, and I kind of like that part of it too because the Strip is right there for you. But also, beautiful Henderson is uh, is where I spend most of the time uh, if I'm not over at Allegiant Stadium or on the strip having a little bit of fun or right here uh, in our studios. We'll be back at it uh, in just a little bit. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday. We're back in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Well, in terms of what we're looking for in the draft, free agency, the, the, really the entire team, I would say what we're looking to do, to do is build depth and competition. Like that's really, I think, a really important part of team building. Um, when you have competition through the top of your roster, through the bottom of your roster, and people are being pushed, um, like that's really uh, the focus. And I think when you build depth and competition throughout your team, you're naturally going to um, build position groups that have strengths um, that benefit, whether it's the quarterback, the offensive line, the running backs, right? A pass rush benefits the corners, corners benefit a pass rush. So like all those different things fit together. So our focus is about building depth and competition like throughout the team. And that's, that's, that is the focus. That was Dave Ziegler talking about depth, competition, uh, philosophy on drafting as many best player, good players as possible in order to um, create that kind of depth and that kind of competition. I'm looking right at that cornerback room, having to defend Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards and vice versa. Uh, the, the work that those cornerbacks are going to be able to get, starting right now, there's a mini camp going on. Uh, it might have just wrapped up, but over at the practice facility in Henderson, where guys are getting to... Uh, you know, work against each other. Some young cornerbacks against some great wide receivers uh, and 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 weapons. So uh, that 
being able to do that on a day-to-day basis, it only stands to reason that it's going to help those young quarterbacks. We're live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio uh, in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. A couple of quick announcements. First of all, wall-to-wall coverage of the 2020 NFL Draft rounds 1 through 7 can be heard on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM starting at 3 p.m. on Thursday as JT the Breck Eric Allen and Jason Fitz will provide the pre-draft show until 5 p.m. when the actual draft starts. That's tomorrow on Thursday. On Friday, the pre-draft show with JT, Eric Allen, and Q Myers will start at 2 p.m. and lead you up to the start of the draft at 4 p.m. Remember, it's the third and fourth rounds on Friday, and that starts at 4 p.m., but we got you covered long before that with JT, Eric Allen, and Q Myers uh, starting at 2 o'clock. Uh, there will be a draft post-dra- uh, excuse me, a post-draft show immediately following the conclusion of, dra- of day two. So uh, be aware of when the fourth round ends and then dial it into 920 because we've got you covered with the post-draft show. Saturday morning... Remember, it starts at 9 a.m. now, Saturday morning, so get the coffee ready. Uh, long night on Friday, quick return, uh, uh, turnaround to Saturday morning. But wake up with Q Myers and Eddie Pascal as they give you an 8 a.m. pre-draft show, leading you up to the start of the 9 a.m. draft and a post-draft show as well to follow. Wall-to-wall NFL coverage can be, fa- can be heard from round one to the end of round seven on our Radio Na- Nation Radio 920 a.m. here at Exclusive V. Also, guys, I want you to check out my guys Ryan and Chef John at El Dorado Restaurant for some great Mexican food and sip on some Embajador tequila and listen to the best salsa music from Puro Vicente and Space to Pace every Thursday from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Please, I'm telling you, if you haven't been to the El Dorado restaurant, and the, there's various uh, sites uh, out here in Las Vegas, do yourself a favor. Uh, Ryan and Chef John just do a tremendous job uh, cooking up some tremendous food, and obviously there's going to be some or tequila there, as always. Uh, so go enjoy yourself, especially on Thursday nights uh, with Puro Vicente and Space to Pace every Thursday from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. We are doing our mock draft. We want your thoughts, 702-365-9200. I stayed put, ironically enough, while I was talking about trading down. I was the one who stayed put. Um, whereas uh, uh, Devon Cotton, who is staying, saying that he wanted to stay put, got talked into making a draft <laughs> in the third or making a trade in the third round, uh, and so uh, that's what he did. And he picked up a couple of extra picks later on in the draft. Uh, I went with the big right tackle uh, from Washington State, Abraham Lucas, and Devon. Please tell our listeners who you selected after trading down from eighty-six to number ninety. All right, I took Keelan Dyche out of Arizona State. We both went with offensive linemen. I like that. I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked if they went in a different direction. Again, Dave Ziegler talking about uh, drafting the best players available and targeting the best players available. And there's some needs for the Raiders, but there's also that need to uh, build a, as strong a roster as possible. So wherever they go, um, I think it's going to be uh, adhering to their policy of best player available. But in this case, it looks like our best players available were along those offensive line. That takes us to round number four. Pick number 126, where the Raiders uh, currently stand. Now, we were talking about cornerback, um, uh, Damon, and the Raiders are in a tricky situation. Uh, their presumed starters, Trayvon Mullen and Rock Yassin, and their key backup, Anthony Averett, can all leave as free agents at the end of the season. All right. On one hand, as these go into basically the last years of their contract here with the Raiders, on one hand, it's going to create 
a really motivated cornerback cornerback room, uh, and every one of them are, are going to be eager to play their way into new contracts. That's what it's all about. Yes, it's all about team. Yes, it's all about all of that. But there's also personal goals and personal objectives. These guys, this is a job. It's a profession. They want to make money, and the best way to make money is to prove your value. So you're going to have some highly, highly motivated young cornerbacks that are also pretty darn good that are going to be playing their you-know-what's-off next year in order to put themselves in position to earn new contracts. That can work for the Raiders, and it could also also hurt them a little bit because what if both players play so well – that they both are in line for for big contracts, and the Raiders have to make a decision maybe on keeping one and letting the other walk uh, reluctantly so uh, in free agency. Maybe neither work out, or Anthony Averett, the backup, um, right now as we speak today. And either way, there's a good chance, Demond, that the Raiders are going to be looking at re- or, or, or uh, yeah, replacing at least one quarterback, maybe two, by this time next year. So it's in, it's incumbent that on them to find and create some depth at that position to get some development players into the system that perhaps in a year or so uh, are ready to take over as starters if that turns out to be the case. Uh, now, there's some cornerbacks that I'm keeping my eye, eye on, Alante Taylor from Tennessee, uh, a Caleb Evans from Missouri, 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 excuse me, Mario Goodrich from Clemson. Uh, the Raiders also need some help along the defensive line. Uh, there's Zach Carter from Florida, uh, Spencer Buford from Texas San Antonio, Alec Lindstrom from Boston College. Also, there's a need at safety, uh, Vernon McKinley from Oregon, Brian Cook from Cincinnati come to mind. All right, so there's the needs. There's some of the players that might be there at pick number 126. I, myself, picked Joshua Williams, a cornerback from Fayetteville State. This is a six foot two, 195-pound, highly athletic player who uh, tested out as one of the fastest max speed prospects at the Senior Bowl, registering a top-five mark of 21.75.75 miles per hour. DeMond, that was top-five at the Senior Bowl. That's football speed uh, right there. Uh, but he did more than just flash some high-end athletic traits uh, by showing he could also stand up in man coverage against some of the best top school top you know uh, uh, school prospects in this draft. So this is a combination of high-end athletic ability plus the ability to to stand up and and take a next step up uh, and and show that he could play against some of the big boys uh, over at the Senior Bowl. In the interview process, this is a guy who showed next-level intelligence, and plus there's a confidence level about him, self, uh, that's more kind of humble. You know, it, it comes off as more humble than contrived or forced. He just has a confidence level about him, and check out his interviews. Uh, I, I ask you guys to go check out whatever interviews are out there on on uh, YouTube, and there's quite a few. Joshua Williams, and just just listen to him talk about himself and answer questions about himself, and you feel like it's the guy who believes himself, but it's a belief that's 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 uh, built with a foundation of humbleness. I think that he's a guy that down the road at six foot two, 195 pounds, with all the speed that he has and athletic ability that he has. Um, is going to be able to be developed with the right coaching and the right mindset, and it appears that he has that right mindset, to be a starter or a key reserve down the line. The good news is, as we talked about, Demond, the Raiders don't need a starting cornerback right now necessarily in the draft. They need to get people into the building that they feel down the road 
could pay big dividends. And a guy like Joshua Williams from Fayetteville State is that type of player. So that's who I have him taken. All right, Vinny, you made a lot of good points, but I'm going to pick someone that the Raiders brought in when they had their, was it 30 prospects that they were yes. about to bring in? Yes. I'm going tight end James Mitchell out of Virginia Tech, coming off an ACL injury. Without that ACL injury, I think that, hey, he probably could have gone higher in this draft. So right here in the fourth round, I do think that that's going to be a good pick. The Raiders brought him in, so, hey, maybe that's a realistic pick, too. That They're, they're obviously looking at him. So if he's there, I think the Raiders may select him. I, and I, I like the direction that you're you're going in, even the position that you're going in. Um, number one, you know th- those guys that because of an injury uh, are being sort of passed up. It's not so much on talent; it is because the guy got hurt, and not his fault that he got hurt. But you know that that train sometimes passes you by, uh, and so you can get good value by betting on the talent that he showed. Even understanding that there might be a little bit of a transition getting him back healthy, but down the line, he could be somebody that pays off in a big way because, as as you said, he's a player that should be or should have been drafted higher, would have been uh, considered a higher draft pick had he not got hurt. So you're going with the high upside, trying to get some major value in the fourth round. I like where you are headed. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. We're live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. on a Wednesday. And we really want to hear from you, the fans. What is your idea? of the perfect draft for the Raiders. It can happen. I know, picking at number 86, hard to imagine, but it can happen. So give us a call, 702-365-9200, and tell us what your perfect Raider draft would look like.